Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're uh, joining us here. You're very welcome to the Irish Examiner at Cheltenham 2023 uh, podcast. I have some uh, luminaries of racing with me here. I'll introduce them to you. They'll be with us 12 months ago. We had a great kind of show. We kept it to about an hour. We'll do something similar here just to run through it. Friday, Friday morning when we're recording this. So we're pretty close to the start of the Cheltenham Festival. We have a fair idea, although not we're not certain what horses are going where. Uh, but it, I think we have a good chance to give this a... An in-depth look, and uh, with, with with knowledge of of, of what's happening in, in the uh, four days next week. First person we're going to introduce is, of course, uh, Ruby Walsh, an RC's amateur columnist, uh, leading jockey at the. He's won everything you ever needed to win in the horse racing. Welcome, Ruby. Cheers, Tommy. How are you? Good, good. Thanks, Ruby. And uh, Mick Fisher, another jockey, champion chase and uh, gold cup, grand national, whatever you want to think about in racing. Mick Fisher has also won it. He's been involved with the Paul Nichols. And Nicky Henderson, the two strongest stables in the UK. Uh, Mick, you're very welcome. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, looking forward to it. And of course, uh, Gary O'Brien, he mightn't have ridden as many winners as the other two lads, but uh, <laughs> probably tipped, tipped as many as so, Gary, very well. Not sure about that, Tom. It's good to know that we've won all those big races between us, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, fair, it's, fair, it's a fair chance, Tommy. He's back more winners than a lot of us put together, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say there's a fair chance that all right. Lads, let's, let's, let's start by just, just a, a small bit of an overview. Um, very strange to read this morning that at the moment Navin is unfit for racing due to the rain we got yesterday. There's obviously been plenty of rain around uh, around Cheltenham. I see that they're, they're talking about the track being soft at the moment and maybe even being soft on Tuesday without without good being in the description. That's kind of unusual. Mick, what's your latest on, on what's happening over there? Yeah, they've had a covering of snow at Cheltenham overnight. Mm. They've had and 12 millimetres of rain in total as well. Um, like That's quite a lot when you think that you know, the weather forecasts were all mixed on the run-up to, to the race, and so you didn't really know what you were going to get. They had the water as well. You know, I can see this ground being soft on the first day, and I think it'll be hard work. Um, so I think a lot of trainers will be happy because they're not guessing about it. But I can see with the forecast that we have for the next few days, I can't see it being anything else but soft on the first day. And is it a chance that it, we know that there are two courses obviously in Cheltenham, but things can improve and things can change very quickly. Ruby, things can change very quickly on that track. I remember last year on the Wednesday we had a downpour and the ground was quite testing and by Thursday we're changing course and all of a sudden it's back to good again. Yeah, it does, Tommy. And look, I suppose different the different tracks in Cheltenham are also watered at different times of the year. So the old course where you race Tuesday and uh, Wednesday, that would have been watered in the autumn for racing there in October and November. But when you water early in the autumn, that ground then is holding more moisture for the winter, whereas the new course doesn't come into play till December, so it's not watered until later. So it doesn't start from such a saturated point. So that's why you could get a big difference in the going between the new course and the old course. And it's because of the 
the irrigation that's required in the autumn. Now, personally, I was never a fan of Cheltenham's October meeting going from the Tuesday, Wednesday that it used to be to a weekend mm -hmm. fixture when they tried to increase the runners. Therefore, they had to apply more water to make it a more, I suppose, attractive betting product. When it was a midweek meeting, small fields, nobody noticed. It required less water. It was good to firm. If that's what it was, they were the horses that ran there. But I think that's having a bigger effect on the race, actual race course, as the years go on. Yeah, it's interesting because I say it, it, does, it does change. It is a brilliant track, and there's such an expansive ground. Even if you're trying to water, there's a huge, there's a huge effort involved in this. Um, Gary, from your point of view, my point of view, we're trying to pick a few winners or back a few winners. Uh, has, has this will this change your mind over the course of the four days? What your what you fancy? Um, I'm not sure it'll change my mind too much, Tommy. Like, obviously, a lot of the horses that we've been watching here in Ireland running over the past few months, they've in the main been running on that sort of ground. So, uh, from an Irish perspective, probably not so much. Um, it's one of those, I think, once we've had the first race on each track, you get a better feel for how maybe the track is riding, see how the horses are finishing. Are they finishing tired, finishing with a bit of running left in them? I think that will maybe be a good pointer. Obviously, in keeping, excuse me, in keeping with the weather forecast as well, at the back of your mind about how it's going to play out over the week. Yeah, let, let's let, let's move on to 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 the uh, Tuesday. I felt asked me the other day. He said, "I'm keeping coming over. I might come over for Thursday and Friday." And we kind of agreed that going on Thursday and Friday at Cheltenham is like it's it's like being invited to the afters of a wedding. You've kind of missed something. Tuesday is such a special day, even more so to my mind as a punter. I'm not sure what it's like for Ruby and Mick, but. From my point of view, if you miss Tuesday, you 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 know you you, you miss Cheltenham as far as I'm concerned. It's always the best way get it, get off to a good start in Supreme. We've had a lot of luck over the years, but I think this one looks kind of tricky, Ruby, and the and the, and the reason is Fasal Vega. What are we expecting? What do you expect in Fasal Vega in Supreme on Tuesday? Um, I suppose my role in life, Tommy, has changed considerably, and whilst I would have went there for many years, um, purely thinking of it from a riding horse point of view, I go there now as a pundit, and as a pundit and no longer a jockey, I am allowed to have a bet. So when I look at the Supreme, what do I think? If I was still a jockey, I'd be going there riding as fast as I'd be again. If I was Paul Townend, there's no way I'd get off him to ride one of Willie Mullins' other runners. If I'm looking at it from a punting point of view, am I going to put my hand in my pocket? I don't think I will in the Supreme. Mm. I look at it and think Fasai Vig is the best horse. He has that run at Leperstown to overcome, but I believe him to be the best horse. I'm not saying I want to back him, but there's no way I could see myself facing into something else. Isn't that, isn't that the most interesting part of this Supreme? Like, There's always an urge from a punter when they go to Chelham. I want to get off to a good start, and you, you almost feel compelled to have a bet in the Supreme. You don't have to. You don't have to. There's 27 other opportunities. Um, Fasal Vega, like you say, he, if you take away one run, you take away one run, he probably goes in here about two to five, and we're thinking, this is a certainty. Let's move on to the article. Mick, what's your take on Fasal Vega after his defeat at the Dublin Racing Festival? Uh, look, I, I think if you're, if you're a punter, there's no way you can burst your bank in the first race on a horse that ran as bad as he did. Um, it's not that long ago, the Dublin Racing Festival. And look, yes, OK, you can blame Paul Town and you can say he went too fast. But even still, if you go too fast on a horse, they get tired and he'll finish third and he'll get beaten 15, 10, 15 lengths. But he, you know, the horse was tailed off yeah. in the end. And that is a concern. And I think if you, if you want to burst your bank on the first day of four great days of racing, <laughs> I think a lot of punters will be treading carefully with Basile Vega. And I think for good reason. Yes, he's a good horse, 
And yes, he bought, he won very nicely in last year's bumper. But the bumper from last year, the form, he's got loads of holes to pick in it. So I think there's plenty of horses in here who punters will back. I, I'm really interested to get Ruby's take on where Impere Pass goes. I think with that ground change to soft now at Cheltenham, I think this horse comes into it. That Moscow Flyer win was very impressive. I think this is a good horse. And I think whatever race he runs in, plenty of people will want to back him. And if he runs in the Supreme, I think there'll be plenty of people who want to be with him. I mate, to be honest with you, I'd fall off my chair if Willie Mullins changed his plan with him because of the ground. Um he's run on soft ground here, it was a soft ground maiden hurdle that he won in ace. I agree with you, his Moscow Flyer run was very good, but I think when we're looking at the horses, it'll be go a little bit along the lines too of what Paul Townham wants to ride. And I would imagine he wants to ride Facile Vegan, the Supreme. He wants to ride Impere Pass in the Ballymore. And he'll probably want to ride Embassy Gardens in the Albert Bartlett. And that is the way Willie will divide his novices. Um, they will be the, the three, Paul's three picks. That's where he wants to go. And that's where those horses will run. That's the way it always was with me. I still believe that's the way it is with him. I know it's the way with him. Um, so, you know, that's the conversation with, that it will be. And if Willie thinks his first jockey believes that horse can win that race, that's what he'll run him. So uh, he'll still go Ballymore. The interesting thing, though, about that is, and Tommy, this was, you know, something that was picked up. Over here, you can, if you've got access, you can follow the the horses coming into races and being declared late. He was the, He was left in late on the opening day in that Supreme. You know, and that, like, while he's still in there, I think there's a chance and people... Yeah, and I could see that conversation going, Mick, at the kitchen table. Uh, Willie, what are we leaving in? What are we taking out? And why would we leave Impere Pass in? And I can imagine the conversation being, well, Fasa Viga jumps off the horse box and stands on a stone and Ilete Tomp is a dirty scope. Yeah, you'll want to split Gaelic Warrior and Impere Pass. But at the moment, uh, something has to go wrong with Fasa Viga and something has to go wrong with Ilete Tomp before Impere Pass will be parachuted into the Supreme. And that's just the safety net. That's the way Willie operates and has always operated. Now, it does annoy some punters and it drives some people mad that he doesn't get off the fence and commit. But it would so, when so much can go wrong, it's a 12-hour trip door-to-door from Close Sutton to Cheltenham. You stick eight horses on a truck, you're hoping the eight of them are going to come off the same way they went on. And that, you know, so there's so, still so much that can go wrong. Like someone leave a window open in the horse box and the horse at the end of the truck gets a, a chill. You know, it, there's so much can still happen that Willie keeps all the options open for simple things like that going wrong. I can see Mick's point. I think in his faster paces in the Moscow Fire, um, Imperial Pass was electric across his hurdles. And when they were going that little bit slower, he was kind of high enough. I, I felt he, he kind of got high in his hurdles. He didn't make any mistakes. Like that. But I think he's, he's probably regarded as where he goes. I think he's probably arguably the best in the meeting. But this it's an interesting race for the fact that Paul Townend is not a fellow we would imagine is under pressure a lot in terms of, you know, he, he delivers. He, he's, a, he's a superb jockey. He has delivered year in, year out. But there is a little bit of a feeling of redemption about, about uh, his ride in Fasal Vega on Tuesday. If Fasal Vega isn't the horse we thought, if there's something ailing him, if there's some reason he gets beaten supreme, it's not going to be Paul Townend's fault. I, I have 100% faith in Paul. But it is an interesting race for jockeys too because one of the stories of the Irish season so far has been Barry Connell and the success he's been having and with Michael O'Sullivan. And Marine National, Gary, he's a, he's, he's a fair... Not entirely convinced by his jumping just yet, but it'll be interesting to see how he adapts in, in, in this quality and depth. 
Yeah, fair comment, Tommy. It's been a great year for Barry Connolly. He's had those grade one wins um, in the Royal Bond, bond of his hurdle with Marine National and then at Leopardstown with Goodland. And he's been incredibly bullish about both these horses as well. Sounds like he's not afraid of any of the opposition. Um, I don't think it's a case of he's disrespectful of what he's taking on, but obviously he's got lads working down in his yard there who have worked in big yards over the years and, and would obviously have a fair idea about what they're talking about. Um, I would, like you, be a little bit worried about his jumping, and I'm not sure the form of that Royal Bond Novice Hurdle is maybe up there with what even Elete Tomp and Fasal Vega have done in their previous runs. So for that reason alone, he's not one I'd be in any rush to have a few quid on. I think he'll definitely drift on the day. He's kind of been priced up pretty defensively since the Ferries run, and the fact that he hasn't been seen since then, I think he might have maybe slipped out of the consciousness of a few punters. So... He's one I'd expect. If you do want to, if you do want to back him, I think wait till the day. It'd be a bigger price than he is now. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating race. I think I think you know Ruby. I think it's one that, that you you quite like the look of too. There are certainly chance high definition. I mean, how often do we get a 117 race over hurdles? And take, uh, yes, he unseated the last day, but he looked quite impressive the first day. Leverson. Yeah, I agree with you, Tommy. I think he was. And even with 20 left in at this stage, as you look down through them, where is the pace? What is the front runners? I think high definition is going to be on the front end. My only worry for him would be the ground. Um, look, Leperstown has never been as soft as it was many years ago. And if he got soft ground, just with his pedigree and where he's used to being racing, I think soft ground could really blunt whatever chance he has. I think he's an important runner in in, in the chance of Illate Tom, who can be quite headstrong. And can, no, I think he they tried to put him out in front two runs back. And it didn't really suit. He, he stuttered into the first, and then he actually ran a good race behind Fasal Vega and off a very strong pace to last. It really suited Illate Tomp. I think he actually has a bit of a chance. Mick, it's, look, it looks about all Irish horses, but Timuras and Chasing Fire, they're no mugs, are they? No, I think I think Timuras is obviously a grade one winner, won the Tollworth, obviously the race, the Constitution Hill won before winning here last year. He's done nothing wrong. Like He made mistakes at the last two at Sandown, yet he still won. Uh, I think soft ground like it's going to be, this will help him a little bit. I just worry that he's, is he good enough? That's, you know, a little bit of the doubt that I have in my mind about this horse, but he's honest, you know, and he said, you know, Paul Nichols has done it before, you know, like Ruby, one on Noland, you know, he was a similar type of horse, you know, so I wouldn't put it past him, but I just think that maybe one or two of the others are a little bit better than him. What would you fancy? Look, I really like Imperial Pass. Um, like I say, I think whichever race he runs in, I'd want to be with him. Um, I think Facile Vega, he can go and win, but he, I wouldn't be backing him. Gary? Who are you with? You mentioned him there, Tommy. Ilate Tomp, he's, um, he's not a high-profile horse by any means. I mean, he won the race, Facile Vega bombed out in last time, and nobody wanted to talk about him afterwards. But when you actually look a little bit closer at it, it was a hell of a good performance, yeah. I think, out of him that day. He beat in the pocket in what the time experts say was a really good time. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. A strong pace helps him settle better. I think will help him jump better too. So if he can back that up, I think he's the value option. Yeah. And Roby, we know you're having no bet, but Fast Vegas too is the best the best in the race. I think he's the one, yeah, he is. And um yeah, I think he let the top. We all have Cliff Arses, but he's definitely Gary O'Brien's Cliff Arse. He's been following him <laughs> since he lined up in a triumph for the last year, and he's going to make him come good somehow. <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree. I think, I think it, 
if there if there is if, if there is a good pace, I think he has a, he has a leading chance. I, I wouldn't like to underestimate that performance the last just because we're focusing on Fasal Vega. Let's move on to the Arca. This is a fascinating race. Now this is a really fascinating race. You got John Bond and El Fabiolo. Now I'd, I'm I'm fascinated to hear what what Mick thinks about John Bond. Like he was beaten. His only defeat was in being 22 lengths in a, in a Supreme by Constitution Hill. Was that a good effort or was that a really poor effort? That's that's what we need to find out. Is there a concern going to Cheltenham with John Bond? No, I don't think there's any worry about going to Cheltenham with him. Um, you know, he's a very good jumper. He, he, I think he got caught on the hop a little bit. And I think, I think Aidan Coleman probably got caught on the hop a little bit too at Warwick. Um, you know, he's riding a one to four shot. And basically all you're doing is just getting round. And Calico went past him and almost frightened him a little bit when he, yeah. he caught him on the hop a little bit. Aidan had to get down and dirty. So did John Bond. And in the end, he was an impressive winner. Like and Ruby always says about watching horses when they pull up. You go back and watch that race at Warwick and look how long it took Aidan Coleman to pull John Bon up. You know, he was flying at the finish. I think the fact that the ground is going to be soft will help him because I think he really is, he will want further than this two miles. And I think if there is any sort of doubt, I think that could be it. You know, I just, I think with the ground coming like it is, with the front runners in here, the likes of Dysart, Dynamo, and Efrenoch Fizz, they're going to go hard, and that will suit him. He's a very solid jumper, and I think, you know, his jumping's really going to be his ace card here. Um, yeah, so I'm a big fan. I would imagine, imagine if they go, go a fast pace, Ruby, that'll also suit El Fabiolo. It's interesting, what Mick is saying is clearly what, what punters have latched onto as well, because John Bond now is marginally favoured on the machine and with the firms. Mar no, it's, it's minuscule stuff. Effectively, they're, they're, they're joint favourites. Uh, El Fabiolo doesn't seem, doesn't seem to be a lot of love from him, despite the fact that he was wildly impressed at the end of the race in, in Leperson. Yeah, that's probably because of his jumping, Tommy. He made a couple of, mm. of fairly hefty mistakes at Ferry House first time up, and you were kind of hoping that they would have he would have learned from them before going to his second start. Now, to be fair to him, his second start was in the Irish article, which is the best novice run this year, and even the pace of it. But again, he made one or two mistakes there. So people are probably latching on to the mistakes. For me, he's gone around twice, and even though he's made mistakes for a novice, he's managed to find feet and get his legs out and keep himself upright. And I know from a rider's point of view, you're always a bit more confident than a horse that knows how to mind himself and survive. Um, so... Yeah, look, I think that's where the lack of love comes from. I think as novice hurdlers, they were so close together, John Bond and Neil Fabiolo at Aintree. But I would completely agree with Mick. I think John Bond has had to go and do all his own donkey work this year. Now, I'm not afraid to make the running, and I think making the running can often be the easiest way to win any race. But that's providing you're riding a horse that likes to lead. <laughs> I'm not so sure. John Bond is a front runner. He's gone and won three times making the running, but I think he'd be a much better horse being dragged by Dysart Dynamo. And I think that's where the improvement will come out of John Bond. And it, I think this would be a brilliant race. I do think, though, it sets up for something with the ground gone soft now that's going to come from off the pace each way. Something that's not going to be involved in those early skirmishes. Dysart Dynamo and Effinock Fitz, as Fitzy says, John Bond and Il Fabiola are going to be up on their tails as well. This is going to be fast and furious. <clears throat> they'll be clocking, I still think, even on soft ground, they'll be the wrong side of 30 miles an hour over the first four fences here. And that'll set it up for something that doesn't take part to come and pick up the pieces. They won't come and win because one of the three of those will keep going, or one of the two even, John Bonneril Fabiolo. But one of those outsiders going to run in the money, for me, that could be sent right. Yeah, interesting. 
way he, the way he'll be ridden to pick to almost pick up pieces or he'll be given the chance to win the race obviously if 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 they tend to come back but this is a classy race gary any chance that dice or die might just on a bit of soft ground might just go away and just stay there there is a chance tommy yeah and i think when he won his beginners chase in leopardstown he seemed to actually set up quite well that day he had an absolute toll and it was an egg and spoon race nothing took yeah. him on at all uh, but maybe nothing will take him on on tuesday afternoon and if he can just drop the anchor in front it's easier said than done with a horse like him because he seems to just want to go faster and faster a lot of the time but danny mullins obviously got a chance to ride him over fences for the first time last time and look i'd imagine Mick and Ruby would tell you that that will be an advantage for him this time, that at least he's got a feel for the horse in a in a race at grade one pace like that. I wouldn't rule him out at all. I do prefer El Fabiolo, though. Um, yeah, fair enough. There was the odd jumping blemish at Leopardstown last time, but I think the mistake, the kind of big mistake he made wasn't actually that big, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. I think it looked worse than it was. The horse was able to find the leg, as Ruby said, and that race at Leopardstown was... Just like I'd imagine, it was almost a bit of a culture shock compared to what he did at Ferry House, where he just ambled around in his own time. So that should have sharpened him up as well. And while the height of respect for John Bon, he's a very good horse. I just think mm. maybe El Fabiolo is a little bit more talented, and I think he's slightly, um, slightly less exposed. I think more to come from him. I actually think, in fairness to Dice of Dynamo, the last day he he could have faded away and. And, and been tailed off or what he was only beaten 10 10 and a half lengths so i think that was quite an encouraging run it's a cracking contest it's actually one it, 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 it's a fascinating race um we're going to skip over the ultimate as well, unless you have something Mick, have you something that might obviously last year's winner cora grambler was impressive coming from from a, a, a virtual mile off the pace to win and he's not that much higher in the handicap this year is there something there that you might like that might surprise us and outs- and outs- yeah outs- look at- I actually think Fanion Destreval for Venetia Williams. I think that's definitely a player in here. Horse has been slipping down the ratings, ran well in that race at Weatherby. That you know, one of the horses really fancied in here into overdrive one. Um, you know, the horse that finished second that day, like that form has a has a good look to it. Um, and I just feel that he's definitely a player. Venetia's done very well winning handicaps at Cheltenham in the past, especially with a bit of soft ground around. This is a graded performer, this horse. And like I say, I think, you know, into overdrive and sounds Russian. Sounds Russian is running in the Gold Cup and into overdrive is second favourite for the race. So I think Fanyan Destreval is definitely a player. I have to say, I'm not entirely convinced by into overdrive jumping. He seems kind of, I don't guess he's getting across and winning races. And the last day was a cracking effort. And even you beaten the previous day, but he just seems to take a bit of a guess at that thing. Thirty-three to one, Mick. There, that you'd you'd be the darling of the Irish Gambling Podcast if that wins anyway. Fanny and Destreval. Let's move on. This is it. Let's start with you, Mick, because this is the champion hurdle, and you're probably quite close to Constitution Hill. Um, is he just an absolute machine? I mean, in another year, you'll have Stateman going over there as probably thinking an Irish. Fan. He's been so impressive in his runs today, this season in Ireland. But we're going over there thinking he probably has very little chance. Yeah, he, like Nicky Henderson, uh, kind of ahead of the game. And it shows you how quickly the weather changes. Um, Nicky's been watering his schooling ground. Um, and we were expecting quite a lot of snow and frost this week in the UK. So he changed his schooling morning from Thursday to Monday uh, to school all the Cheltenham horses. And Constitutional schooled on Monday. And he was electric. You know, the first time up, he was relaxed like he normally is. And the second time up, he whizzed up. And he was really impressive. Like this, this is a horse who, look, 
he's like a light switch, basically. He's very straightforward. You literally just press the button and off he goes. And, you know, we've seen that every time he's run. Like, he is, a, I call him a crowd pleaser because everybody who's been to see him for the first time, they've all been wowed by him. Like, he's never won a race by less than 12 lengths. And, like, he's taken on top-class opposition now, and he's kicking them out of the way. So, you know, I think, I think he's pretty good. He sets a very high standard. And, it's you know, look, a lot of the lads that do this uh, punting professionally, a lot of them are, are stats men, a lot of them are time men, and they're all the stars are aligned with this fella. All the guys that do the clockwork tell you the figures that he's been doing, they match up. Fitzy, sorry, Tommy, before you go back in, I was watching that school and it was on social media somewhere or and Nick got a boy but was riding him. He's schooled on his own. Do Nicky's yeah. always school on their own? No, they don't. So was that uh, in anticipation of Constitution Hill maybe making the run in the champion or no, not necessarily. It's just the fact that anything that tries to go with him either ends up on the floor or ends up uh, getting very disappointed. So they don't dare school horses with him. He's like he's too quick for them. So they just basically let him school on his own. I wouldn't be surprised, Ruby. You know, look, you've seen him. The one thing with this horse is he's very versatile ground wise. Like you don't have to worry about it being soft because he's won a he's won a, a tallworth on heavy at Sandown. Um and he's very, very easy in the sense that he can get a lead, he can make the running. You know, that's what I think makes him such a good horse because he's not tied down to a specific set of instructions. I think the same, Tom. Nobody cutting across you, but and I just think Nico keeps it so simple on him. That's not that this makes it boring, but this makes it so predictable. Nico is not going to complicate it. He's going to be in the first two. Sam Twiston Davis probably will go with him when I like to move it. Yeah. That'll be a bit of company for him. Like, I can't even see a way or an angle for Paul Townend on statement to try something, to do something, because Constitution Hill is just so simple. There is no, there is no, there doesn't look to be any weakness that you can try and go and expose. And the, the funny thing is, I think Statement is, is, is similar in one sense that he's, he, he's, he's quite straightforward. I know Paul was allowed to set it kind of a slow tempo the last day, and but he, I think he's just a very solid, very, really, really good horse. And yet, like the two of you, I think just Constitution is. Hill is just a monster. It is. It is great to see. Obviously, the talk you know about Cheltenham the last number of years has, has focused around Willie Mullins, and rightly so for what he's achieving. But Nicky Henderson is a master and has been for a very long time. And we, you know, he always comes up with something year in year out. He's bringing a new horse through like this. He was so impressive in the Supreme last year. And uh, credits Nicky Henderson because sometimes, even though even though he is the second most successful trainer in in the history of the Cheltenham Festival, sometimes he gets lost in what Willie Mullins is achieving at the moment. So. Uh, it will be great to see Constitution Hill again. Gary, I, I assume, like myself, you won't be back with him at 4 to 11, but we'll be there to enjoy it. That's it, in a nutshell, Tommy. Yeah, he's not not one for the likes of you and I to be backing. Maybe the big hitters will steam into him on the day. Sometimes they try and buy a few quid on these type of horses. So, look, um, may, you know, some punters might look to have a bet without the favourite or something like that, but sometimes you can just enjoy a race when you've got a horse potentially as good as him. Obviously, he's got to go out and strut his stuff on Tuesday and just confirmed the impression that he's created so far. But yeah, I think what Ruby was talking about him there, about him being so tactically versatile, that just adds to adds to the Constitution Hill makeup, doesn't it? Like it just it's very, very hard to see any flaws, any weaknesses. And it, it could be it could be something special on Tuesday. And, and and that is it. Even if I don't have a rate I don't have a bet on Tuesday and I'm pretty sure I won't have a bet on this race on Tuesday. It it, it there'll be 
there'd be a sense of expectation. There'd be, be a disappointment, actually, if he gets beaten, because we want to see it. I don't care if he's very trained. We want to see a superstar in horse racing. And he looks like he is the real, real, real deal. Hopefully that's going to be the case. There, there will be people looking for an angle. Ruby, I think I read that you said that you had a, you would have a small bit of a concern about state man if people were looking to back him in the without market, in the sense that maybe he'd go after. Maybe it wasn't you. I read it somebody. Uh, no, I don't think, it, don't think it was me. Okay, but well, I certainly you, I, didn't mean it. Um, after Constitution Hill and compromise his chance based on that. I don't think so. I think he's a solid horse and stay all day. Yeah, I, I'd be the same. And I think Tommy, like even with the rain, the more you look at this, I think there'll be a foot. I think there'll be eight. There could be nine declarations. Um, but I think now you're still anti-post until Sunday morning, and mm. I think you probably should be back in statement each way now. Sounds silly about eleven to four shot, but. If this ends up a seven-runner race, and there's only each way to force two, I think statement could end up four to one or longer, and you'll be best price guaranteed. If you were to have a bet, that's the way I'd be going about it. Yeah, uh, any any outsider that, that that's, that's a sick. sneaky way of looking at it now, but understand the angle ruby and and hey hey again it's a bit like not taking on one horse i mean i mean who knows they're, they're horses at the end of the day statement looks like a rock solid horse i think he's a smashing horse i think he, i think if constitution him wins this by 12 length we may we may put wings on him because he's he's, he's but there's a chance constitution Hill could win this by 12 and statement could be 12 clear of the rest um that's that's the way i see it um what could be third maybe i like to move it but even looking at that statement tommy and he's worked through the year and a lot of his work would have been with the same horses he's definitely improved all the way through the year it's yeah. just unlucky for him that he's in constitution hills era and it's a bit like me me and Kate ran into bleeding altior it looks like <laughs> it looks like statement is going to run into constitution hill and that's life I'd be stunned if any horse can be statement twelve lengths. Um, Mick, have you any outside angle in that race? Maybe you might be interested for a punter. No, I think it. You know, I I think sometimes it's just it's one of them where you want to say I was there, and um, and we we've, we've got to, we've all got to remember Constitution Hill. Like all the all the facts are there, all the figures are there. He hasn't won a champion hurdle yet, and I think until he does, you know, I think we'll all we'll all hopefully be there to see it. Yeah, I hope so. We look we're university with, with Constitution Hill. Uh, we, we are labouring a little bit on, on the Tuesday, but again, this is brilliant racing. And this is a fascinating renewal of the mayor's the mayor's hurdle. Ruby, this is a race that uh, you you know inside out. You your um quality here. I make I think I said both to you beforehand as well. You were saying you might you back Marie's Rock. I presume it's for this race, not the stairs hurdle. Uh, I actually I've actually backed up for the stairs hurdle, Tom. Um and you know the I'm a little bit getting a little bit worried now because you know, she's she's still in the mares. The ground is soft, and like obviously she has to step up in trip to run in the in the stairs. But you know, she was a good winner last year. She of all the horses that schooled on Monday, she was the one who was really impressive. Um, and like she she's in great form. And I think Nikki Henderson, you know, again, you were saying about what a good trainer he is. If you think how long it took him to run this mare this season, she's been in training all along. She just he just she wasn't showing him the right signals and he didn't want to run her until she was and when she was showing him the right signals he ran her at Cheltenham and she won very nicely and scooted up the hill like she's in really good form and you know she's an amazing mare like if you looked like all her pedigree is all stamina laden yeah the fact 
that she used to be a very keen in her races, I think, stopped her from using that stamina. She's a lot more relaxed now, and I think that's the key to her. Yeah, she's she, she's a classy mare, uh, Ruby. Not a classy mare in the race, Honeysucker. Where do we stand? Where do, where does she stand in your mind at the moment? Look, I, I think Tommy. A lot of people have given out throughout the year, like how can Epitant and Honeysucker be dropping out of a champion into a mare's hurdle? And I think you look at racing should be promoting itself. How does it make the best races? I don't see Honeysucker or Epitant coming away from the back of the second ass in the champion hurdle and getting up to Statement and, and Constitution Hill and adding to the race. I think they're running for third behind what's going on in front. And if you're looking back there, you're only an each-way punter. So to me, you look at this mayor's hurdle and you think of what's going to be happening at the back of the second last hurdle, you're going to have Epitant, Honeysuckle, Brandy Love, Echoes and Rain, Love Envoy, She Wears It Well, and Queensbrook. There's seven of them in there that could conceivably be in a bunch coming away from the sec back of the second last hurdle. And that, to me, makes a great horse race. That's Epitant and Honeysuckle. Make this a brilliant race to watch. And I think that's all the sport can ask for. So I think it's great the two of them are in there. What do I think of Honeysuckle? She's an official rating of about 165, I think. I think she's only run to about 154 this year. She's down to 159 now, actually. Yeah, well, she's, to, my, to my, my mind, she could easily be back down to 154, 155. I think she has regressed this season. Yeah. Now, it's not something I want to be saying. I would love... Yeah to see Rachel Backmore win the Mayor's Hurdle on Honeysuckle. I would love to see the Bromhead stand in the winner's enclosure with Honeysuckle next week. That is what anybody with a heart wants to see. But unfortunately, sport is not always romantic. And I just don't think that it'll happen with that Mayor. In the context of this race, her two defeats, they don't read that badly. She's third behind Chupu and then she's second to Statement. They don't read too badly in I agree with you, but to me, it's the proximity of Pipe Piper, Zana here and Vauban in the Irish champion hurdle. It's not being beaten by Statement. It's mm. how she just barely managed to hang on from the others who would have been in front of her another 50 yards. You do, like, like myself, we talked about this the other day, you do fancy a couple of them at, at an each way price. I like one in particular, but it's extremely weak, out to 12 on the machine. Echoes in rain. I thought she was just small. That's probably, that's probably just the rain, Tommy, because I watched her working yesterday morning and you most certainly couldn't be going against her. Um, mm. Brandy loved the same. And maybe that's, you know, it lot depend on which one Paul Townend writes. All of a sudden, what was making the week in the machine, as you call it, would be strong. But uh, yeah. look, I thought Brandy Love ran a blinder at Punchestown in the first start, start back. I thought she ran every pound to her mark, which is in the 140s. I expect her to improve. And yeah. And I think she's a solid each way bet. And I think Echoes and Rain could be too. I, I think the two of them will be really good each way prices because I think the money, the emotional money, the smart money, they'll all come for Honeysuckle. And I think it'll make it'll create value in that race. Gary, and it's true. This is this is actually probably a really, really good race for punters because you can you can plenty of prices because of Honeysuckle being at the top of the market. There are plenty of prices. Now, if Marie's Rock comes out and goes to the stairs, as Mick hopes. Um, it'll open up a little bit, but have you an angle that you like? You know, something, something you thought maybe other prices are you going to stay on top of the market? Well, a lot will boil down to whether Marie's Rock runs or not, Tommy. Because if she did yeah. run, I think she'd be an automatic pick for me. Um, if she goes to the stairs, I'd be really interested in her there as well. Take her out of it. I still think Honeysuckle's the one to beat. I wouldn't be as maybe negative about what she's done this season as Ruby is. I thought in the Irish champion heard the last time they didn't ride her to maximize her chance. To me, she's a mare that stays two and a half miles well. I thought they should have made the running with her, to be honest, and they more or less just handed it to straight, uh, straight man from the off. Mm. So I wouldn't be too negative about that run. I thought the Hatton's Grace effort was promising enough, but 
on balance, I think I'd still be, I certainly wouldn't back her. I'd still be inclined to maybe look elsewhere. And Echoes and Rain, I think, is the, is the way I'd play it. Um, I was actually with her last year, Tommy, and Patrick Mullins rode her, dropped her right out the back. I know she mm. is a kid going there. And it just the way the race unfolded, it, it was, she wasn't able to get involved. She really fin looked as though she had running left in her at the finish. I don't know whether they'll be able to play things differently with her or not this time. And maybe Paul Townend will ride her this time. But she does seem to have maybe settled down a little bit better. I don't know really mm. what that She was kind of looking yeah, I think, and you would have thought going back in the flat, Gary should have revved her up. But for some reason, to even look at her physically this year, hmm. she looks bigger. She looks stronger. It was like she was almost gone last year. And she'd had hard races and graded hurdle races last year, where she's had a much more conservative campaign over jumps this year. And and I think just even physically look at her, she looks like a more imposing animal at the minute. Yeah. So look, I, she she's the one I I just about side with Tommy. I think she's fairy trail valley. Yeah, I, I agree. I think she's a kind of a fresher mare, and those two runs in the flat were were, were fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, Mick, have you any way angle? If you, let's let's assume let let's 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 be on your side and say that Marie's Rock is going to the stairs. Um, is it something on the outside? Love Envoy has done nothing wrong. Continues to do. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a great story. Obviously, Noel Thaley's uh, mm. syndicate owned this horse was the winner at the festival last year, and you know I think the soft ground really brings her into it, but. You know, she needs to step up a little bit on, on what we've seen. But at the same time, I think she's a very solid performer. You know, she yeah. stays really well. And I think, she, yeah, she is a... The only worry with that is she's only three points longer than Epitant. And, like, when you look at this race, like, Ruby's hit the nail on the head here. You know, you've got horses in here who've won three champion hurdles. Only Suckles won two and Epitant's won one. And, like, Epitant at Donkster last time looked as good as ever. Um, you know she stays two and a half because, you know, when she won the entry last year, she won a grade one. So she's a good mare. And I think this, you know, this is going to be a great race. And I look, I really like Epitant. Um, and I think it's interesting that they've they've had the supplement in here. And Nikki Henderson forgot to enter her in this race. So they had to supplement her. And Nikki's had to pay five grand to supplement her. <laughs> and Nikki had to pay it, didn't he, Fitzy? Yeah, he did. <laughs> Right, we'll, we'll move along. It's cracking race from, from a betting perspective. I think it's a great race. Uh, look, we have the booths if you have an interest in that. And also we've Gare de Manil in the, in the grade two, the National Hunt Chase. Not a horse I'm a huge fan of, I'll be honest about it, but I just don't know what's going to beat him. Uh, he's dropping down in grade. I mean, the, 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 I think the easiest race he ran in since he started running over fences, he won. And that was a grade one at Leperstown at Christmas, albeit a couple of them tipped up. But I just think he'd be hard to oppose against... The second grade of horses to be fair to him he's been running in the top bracket and he's running last year's brown advisory where he's third behind the high senior long presse i think that'll suffice yeah very quickly on the boodles ruby anything that excites you there to cow obviously will you do a few yeah I, I think with the rain um you know if mac tig runs in the way it's stayed where they are to cow has a chance and maybe even with his other fitty risk bell she'd handle the ground but um yeah I'd, I'd want to see the way it's tommy on sunday before i have a firm opinion on the on the on the boodles yeah, Mick, either of those races excite you for a punt? Yeah, look, there's a, the horse of Ben Paulings has been attracting a little bit of support. A horse called called Bad, uh, a horse who was, uh, has come over from France. Um, that's going to run. And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Nicola Boyneville has been booked to ride this horse as well. Um, they were talking about jockeys for it because um, he's definitely in the in the market for this. But this is a horse who's got in here very likely. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of strong vibes coming about this horse. 
Be fascinating one, Gary. Just uh, a yes or no on, on, on Gerard with him or against him or with yes or no? Um, I'm I'd probably take him on Tommy. I wouldn't lay him or anything like that, but I'd probably back something each way against him. The Buzz horse the last few days, a horse called Manella Crooner, trained by Gordon Elliott. Um, I think Barry O'Neill has jumped ship from Maller Mission, trained by John McConnell, who he was booked to ride to ride this. So, look, that would be a bit of a plus for him. Horse that stays very well. Um, I think Takao is definitely the one they have to beat in the Boodles. He's to me, he's a borderline grade one horse, but his owner's got a fair few other chances in there as well. So, I'd say the green and gold hoops will come home in front just with one. Yeah, I think Risk Bell was actually traveling very nicely when she when she tipped up in the mayor's race at the uh, race festival. Let's move on <clears throat> to Wednesday. We won't spend as long here, but the, the opener is a cracking contest. My idea of the best bet of the meeting is Imperial Pass. I'm assuming that we go here. Mick, you're not entirely convinced. Tell us a little bit maybe about Hermie Allen as well. He's unbeaten over her this season. Uh, looks really yeah, he, he's, a, he's an unnamed, like, you look at him and he does, he's not a horse that you go, wow, Hermes Allen. He's not overly big. Um, but you can't knock what he's done. And he looks like every time he stepped up in grade, he's, he stepped up his game. Um, but uh, again, I just feel that we don't know how good he is. Um, what he's done so far, he's done well. But I just feel that Impere Pass, if he runs in here, is a better horse than him. Hermie Allen looks, looks uh, fairly versatile regarding the ground. I don't think he'd be too concerned about the rain that has fallen. Imperia Pasto Ruby. Um, I just love the two performances he produced for Willie thus far. I think he's potentially a machine. Obviously, we, we talk about, oh, yeah, he'd be chased and all this, but he looks just a really exciting novice hurdler for the moment. Um, he's been heavily backed. He's around about two to one, maybe a bit of nine to four available now. Is that value or is it, is it all gone? No, and Gary will probably tell us better, but uh, or maybe you or Tommy, I couldn't see him being any shorter by Tuesday morning. Mm. I think Willie will want to have nearly gone through the card on Wednesday, on, or sorry, on Wednesday morning even. I think Willie will want to have had an absolute beano on Tuesday for him to be much shorter by Wednesday. But uh, look, he, I think he's a very good horse. Uh, his work at home has been rock solid. Everyone's been really happy with him. But we do have Champ Kiley and Gaelic Warrior in there. Look, going left-handed doesn't seem to suit Gaelic Warrior, but you know, getting a bit of cover, he definitely was good and straight in Leperstown until he got out going to the last hurdle. So, um, you know, maybe that'll help him. And Cham Kiley was a good winner of the Lawlers. Cham Kiley's probably a pace angle in here. If it gets mm. rain, horses get tired on Tuesday, jockeys will get conservative. And Danny Mullins on the front end then in the first race on Wednesday when people are still thinking about Tuesday, that could be dangerous. And Cham Kiley is, is a horse that I think we, we just because he turned up in Galway, we probably assumed that he was, he was a summer horse. He's proved otherwise. He's actually quite classy, and, and like you say, he's one that we might overlook or might be too easily discard his chance. Yeah, I think he ran away in the Royal Bond with Paul Townend, and that set mm. the race up for Marine National to come and win. Um, but look, Barry Connell also has good land in there, and his Dublin racing form is rock solid. So, so I think this is a deep enough contest, but look, most of the good judges in Willie Mullins, is, which does not include me, really fancy in Perry Pass. Gary, the good judge on here, Gary, do you, do, do, do you fancy Imperial Pass? Ah, look, he's a huge player, Tommy. There's no question when uh, Ruby might be playing himself down there, but when you hear the likes of himself, who's ridden a lot of these good horses over the years, like Fautour, Van Min, all these top-notch novice hurdlers, when they're they're speaking about this fella in those sort of terms, when they already have a horse in there, like Sam Kiley has won a grade one race, I suppose you have to sit up and take notice. I think Ruby's right, though. Unless one of the big players comes out between now and Wednesday, it's hard to imagine he'll be much shorter than 7-4 to four on the day. 
I, I just think like it does open it up for a, maybe a punt each way, something against him. I'd struggle to face into him at that sort of price and um, let him go and win if he is going to turn out to be a superstar. I've been very impressed by Barry Connell's horse, Good Land, who won a strong maiden hurdle at Leopardstown at Christmas. And then he backed that up in the grade one at the Dublin Racing Festival last time. I don't think he'll have any problem with the drop down in distance here. He was kind of the winner pretty much all the way around in the Leopardstown contest. And he's an uncomplicated sort of horse as well. He kind of sits close to the pace. Um, I'd be very disappointed if he's not in the top three, at least. Maybe if Impere Pass is kind of in that sort of bracket that we, you know, those horses I mentioned there, your Duvans and Votours, et cetera, you'll, you'll have to settle for a place. But I think a place is the worst he'll do. And, and he'd be another great example of how you can't go anywhere in Ireland without fear of running into a grade one horse. He won his bumper in Wexford and he, in, as recently as October. And he's he's all of a sudden he's a leading fancy in Cheltenham. He's 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 now look he's old enough in terms of he's seven years of age. He was kind of uh, uh, there was a, there was a big hold up in between his fairy house run in, in November twenty twenty. Uh, he's made giant strides. It's it's a shame when you see something like that that a horse might have lost so much time when he looks so good. Let's move on to the uh, what was the RSA the Brown Advisory. The gra- they, Gary, the ground is coming right for Jerry Colombe. It is, yeah. Um, this is another horse that I think has been kind of priced defensively ever since he yeah. won at Sandow last time, Tommy. I wouldn't have necessarily um, thought that he, he would be much shorter again on the day. But if the ground does turn up very testing, that might be the, the one thing that does make him a very short price. He's a, he's a staying type of horse. He's, you know, he's a real out-and-out galloper. He saw that coming to the fore when he won at Sandow, and he looked in trouble at one stage. And mm. in the end, the stamina really came out in him. Just the, the one thing I'd have in the back of my mind, like when you're backing a horse like him at a short price, you'd like to have all the ducks in a row. There are a couple of horses in this who certainly got to a higher level than he did over hurdles. Um, Sir Gerhard obviously is one of them. Time Hill would be another. And like on the evidence so far, they haven't shown that they're much worse over fences than yeah. they, they were over hurdles. Sir Gerhard hasn't had a chance to really. He's only run the one so far. Time Hill's done pretty well over fences. There was a blip in there, obviously, along the way um at Newbury I think it was so there's enough reasons in there I th- I think you'll get better betting opportunities at the sort of price Jerry Columbus during the week for me to give him a swear to be honest I'm not saying he won't win far from it but uh this is one I'd be quite happy to sit out yeah look, when, when they're unbeaten you never never know quite how, how far they can go but I just thought in the sand on the last day when he looked in trouble off the bin I love the way he got back on terms in a matter of strides, it didn't take him, you know, the length of strides. In fact, in fact, going over after the last, I think Jordan Gamefield had the, had the, had the luxury of maybe keeping a few glances to his right just to just to make sure that he was holding the the uh, the runner up Balthus Costa. Um, Mick, this is a good race, and you've got Time Hill there, as as Gary said, he's a smashing horse. He has been for a long time. He's, it's it's kind of a little bit late coming to chase, and he's nine. He spent a little bit of time trying to win a uh, Stairs hurdle, but uh, he has looked good in two of his three uh, chases today. Yeah, I I just the trouble with Time Hill when they put the cheek pieces on him, he was much happier at Kempton. I just worry if it comes up very soft at Cheltenham and he makes a mistake in the early part of the race. There's two things to factor in here. It just he's a confidence horse. He's not overly big, and I think I'd be just a little bit worried about something happening in the early part of the race with him. And also, look, like I say, Michal Nolan is going to ride this horse. He's never ridden him in public. And he's not the easiest ride, this horse. And I do, I think you've got to factor that in. It's a great opportunity for Hall. And, you know, I hope the horse goes and bolts up for him because it'd be great. His trainer's a good good fella and Hall's a, a great lad. And it would be fantastic for them. But 
you have to look at the facts. And the facts are that he has never ridden this horse in public and he's not straightforward. Yes, he's good. But if you look at that race that he won at Kempton, I think it was eight seconds slower than the King George, that race. You know, it kind of fell into his lap a little bit. He looked impressive. But there's there's just a few nagging doubts about him in the jumping department. Paddy Neville is a trainer we know here. He was based in Limerick for, for many years. He's over in Britain now. He's having a good run of it. The real whacker has put him into the line by the bit. He won a grade two at Cheltenham the last day. His jumping was was very good in the main, I thought, that day. Um, is he is he a player here? Are we over? Is it, are we he's, a, he's, he's a player, this horse. He's a very, very good jumper. It was a very mm. fast time um, that he put up on winning at Cheltenham. Like you say, course form can count for an awful lot around there. And yeah, I think he's definitely a player. You look at the, the strength in that race that he won. You know, plenty of the horses that finished behind him have come out in Frank to fall. And in fairness, it, and it is the right move to go for the RSA or the, the Brown Advisory, sorry, rather than the Gold Cup, even though they had moved that yeah. as an option. Ruby, this wouldn't be the strongest in terms of, of Willie's challenge for the novice race, but Sugar Hard is a classy horse. I wouldn't like to be to be, to be be dismissing him too lightly. Yeah, exactly. It's experience, but it's going to be a small field for an RSA. Eight, nine runners. Um, and you take the title off it, not an RSA, a Brown Advisory. Yeah. You take the title off it, it's a three-mile one novice chase when all is said and done. So how much experience do you need? Um, look, he was a brilliant winner of the Ballymore last year. His jumping has been really good. He's in really good form. Will he stay? I don't know. And on soft ground, Jerry Colombo certainly will, and so will the real whacker. So I think you're going to have to stay to win this contest, and that might be my only worry, Tommy. Yeah, it is. It is a, again a very competitive race. If you had, Gary, you're, you're a handicap expert, Carl Cup, just give us just the winner. Keep it simple. Give us the winner, Gary. Well, the handicapper <laughs> has done his best to give it the Campron. I think Tommy Hesley Dorst was fourth last year. Yeah. Um, he won at Punchestown after that. He's run twice over hurdles in the meantime, and now he's two pounds lower than when he ran in the race last year. I can't get my head around that at all. I mean, if you if you were to come down nine pounds over here, you probably have to run at least six or seven times. And this is a horse who's already on his three runs back has won a big handicap hurdle and ran really well in this race last year. I mean, from a handicapping point of view, it's kind of hard to go against him, I think. Yeah, and the market has latched onto him in a big way. Although he's still, I suppose, if, you, if you're looking at it for, for, for a bit at the Cheltenham Festival, he's still around about seven to one mark. Mick, have you any interest in that? Yeah, look, I quite like Langer Dan for the skeletons in here. This is a horse who... Like, how unlucky are you? You bump into Gallop and Deschamps rated 142 in the Martin Pipe and you finish second to him. You know, it's kind of like, how's your luck? Uh, <laughs> but he, he won a 21-runner handicap at entry last year. He's not much higher in the ratings. And I think, you know, Dan Skelton has got a few horses here for this meet and I think that he's lined up. And this is definitely one of them. Yeah, he, 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 I say he has caught from a bit of lucky last year. He was brought down early as well. Champion chase, a cracking race. Uh, Ruby, um, you know, for, for, for quite a bit of the season, I think an Urgemeen was odds-on favourite for the champion chase. And uh, after his defeat the last day, it seems to have gone cold. I think the market seems to have gone cold. And it's now Edward Stone who's favourite. Would you think that would be the right way? To... I was thinking that way, Tommy. Uh, for Since the Clarence House, I thought after watching the Clarence House that the horse that would improve the most, just been in a different race. And I'm not slagging Tom Cannon. I would have ridden Edward Stone the way he rode him, as in I would have followed Paul Town on Edgar Mean. But they got too far out of the race. And mm -hmm. Niall Houlihan was gone and Edith 30 Geet. So I just thought different race, different day, sharper track, uh, the old course for the champion chases run. And I thought Edward Stone would be the one that would win. I think the one thing that has changed in the last couple of days, though, is the rain. And I think the softer it gets, 
the better the chance Enrique Amin has. Um, I think that would be a huge plus to him. Um, but I do think it, if, if you gave me a horse to ride coming out of the Clarence House, I'd have been taking Edward Stone. But look, if it just keeps raining, I know it's gone soft, but if we've got a deluge again, Enrique handles real tested ground better than most horses. Yeah, it stay, stays particularly well too. Gary, which one would you ride? <laughs> as as Johnny Deneen said the other night when we were doing a preview, probably not the one I'd back, Tommy. Um, <laughs> I think I think it'd be Edward Stone. Um, Edward Stone, to me, was the, the moral winner of the race in Ascot last time out. Did a lot of running to get to the front. The rain does definitely level it up a bit more with an ergamine, and I think an ergamine will be ridden more positively. <clears throat> Didn't get the best out of him last time at, at, at Cheltenham, I should say. He was kind of jumping into the back of horses in front of him at times. And it, to me, he's always looked a better horse when he was allowed to get on with things. So uh, I'd expect a totally different race from the one we had last time out of Cheltenham, that Clarence House chase. But I think uh, if Tom Cannon does just sit a little bit closer to the pace this time, I'd still be with Edward Stone. I, I remember the good days for Alan King, Mick, with, with the with the Vipur estate as my way to Sols and even going on to catch it in that. Uh, he he I, I was amazed to read that he might only have two runners next uh, yeah. next week at Cheltenham. Um Edward being one of them. Um has he fallen a little bit between two stools? He hasn't you know, obviously he's having great success in the flat, but it's still not at the very, very top. Has he fallen between two stools a little bit? Because he's a he's a trainer I would have had a lot of time for. Yeah, but I, you know what? I think he, he doesn't do social runners. And I think he, he yeah. just wants to have horses running here who've got chances. And he like he says himself, I've only got two of them, so I'm only gonna run two. I think Edward Stone will win. I think that, uh, look, the way the race panned out the last day wasn't how I thought it would. I actually thought Editor Dujit and an argument would go forward. And the faster they go, the better Edward Stone travels. And I think with Gentleman Dumi in there, Editor Dujit in there, Funambula Sabola in there, they're going to go hard up the front. And I think it's going to really play into Edward Stone's strengths. I think he'll arrive there, turn it for home, and I think he'll win. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a classy horse. I think I think again, it's a matter of, a matter of staying a bit, um, tiny bit closer to to the pace. He has he has plenty of ability, Edward Stone. Uh, let's move on to the bumper lads. We we'll move along quite quickly. I think we, we we've covered the main ones for the first two days, but just that bumper is interesting. Ruby, you you have one. I think you fancy a bit a bit of a price. Um, I think the best bumper that's been run this year was run in Leperstown at the Dublin Racing Festival. Mm. A dream to share, in fact, to file. And I think on a different uh, on a different race course on possibly different ground. I would be for the stayer over the speed horse always in the Cheltenham bumper. And I think Factify can turn the form with a dream to share. I yeah, I don't think Connection's Dream to Share would be absolutely delighted with the way the ground is going too, because he ha- he's obviously flat bread and has plenty of pace. I'm tending to agree with you. I think Factify fact file. And you know what? When there's so much talk about how much Willie had thought about Factify at the time, even going into that race too, he doesn't tend to get it wrong. He knows what he's talking about. And if even if the horse came up short the last day he may not this track will probably bring out the best in them gary have you a fancy other maybe a, a bit of value in this in this race um the horse i did fancy wasn't even entered tommy ballyburn another willie mullins horse that won in punchestown i'd certainly be keeping an eye out for him wherever he runs next i don't have a strong view in it now to be honest it's one of those races where i'd rather wait till the day see how the ground is shaping up if it does go soft that would be i think a negative for the favorite he looks a real speedy horse Mm. Um, I would imagine maybe there's less of a chance now given who owns him now, but he's the type of horse could go onto the flat and do very well in that discipline potentially further down the line. Um, I'd imagine he's going to be dropped out towards the tail of the field as well. That's how John Kiley's horses are usually ridden. So I, I'd just be a little bit worried about him if it does turn up very soft. Other than that, 
I can't say I'd necessarily have a strong view. Yeah, Mick, I can catch your eye on the bumper. Yeah, look, I, I would love to see uh, Dream to Share win for uh, young John Gleeson. You know, it's a great ride for, for him to get. And like they are obviously suitably impressed when the horse won the last day because um, Factor File is owned by JP. They must have been really impressed with what they saw. And they went and bought the horse. So, mm. you know, it's a, it'll be a great result for John Kiley. And, you know, look, I can't help it. I'm a bit of a romantic. And I'd love to see this horse win. It would be a great story. Yeah, I've been quite impressed by John uh, this season, to be fair to the young lads. Uh, let's move on to Thursday now. We start off with a really good race to turn as well. I say a really good race. We have a potential star in Mighty Potter. Um, maybe maybe there isn't the depth, Ruby. Am I right? Maybe there isn't the depth in, in, this, in this novice race. Uh, it depends, Tommy. Um, look, appreciate it's going to step up and trip, but look, Mighty Potter has improved run from run. He didn't blow me away at Down Royal. I thought he was much better in the Drinmore Ferry House, and I thought he was really good at the Dublin Racing Festival. Look, I think this is a huge day for, for David Russell, Tommy. Um, if he's going to, it justifies the wrong word, but if it's going to work out for him coming back to ride, he rode at the Dublin Racing Festival, now he's going to ride at Chatham. If it's going to work out for him, this day is key to it. He will have had a chance in the cross-country race, but he has Mighty Potter in the first here, and he'll have Tihupu in the stairs hurdle. This is the big day for Davy Russell if he's going to, you know, have a good festival. Yeah. It, will he get off to the right start, uh, Gary? Big day for me as well, Tommy. Most of my big fancies for the week run on the Thursday. Mighty Potter would definitely be one of them, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I Like Ruby, I didn't like what I saw from him first time out at Down Royal, but completely changed my tune after what he did in the Dream Moore at Ferry House. I just thought the raw ability he showed that day um, to beat a horse like uh, Gaillard de Manil, who brought so much experience into that second season novice, that, that was really impressive. And again, kind of a different sort of performance at Leopardstown last time. Jack Kennedy let him stride on a fair way out at Ferry House. Russell, um, through the form, played his cards later at Leopardstown last time. But the way he drew clear after that final fence again really backed up the impression that he's got an awful lot more to give he seems to be improving run to run Touchwood, he's a good jumper in the main he did hit one at leopard's <clears throat> and he just put down when davy asked him for a big one going away from the stands but um i i just think in terms of what what he potentially could go on and achieve his ceiling is pretty high i i, I don't i think he could actually be in the same sort of bracket as gallop and they won this last year or should have won this last year before mm -hmm. giving up the last so i'd be disappointed if he doesn't deliver the goods i you, you said earlier on you rightly so about you know having a bet you're talking about jerry colombo you like ducks in a row any concern about him traveling or or, or just yeah. the fact that he, he he you know he pulled up last year in the supreme now, i know he made a bad mistake and all that but even at that he probably wasn't traveling that sweetly at the time that is the one concern and not so much the traveling but that it was at cheltenham and kind of been mm -hmm. trying to do a little bit of detective work for want of a better expression about this Tommy you might recall he was very well supported on the day last year and I don't yeah. think that would have happened had he traveled badly I don't think there was any concern yeah. that the traveling took anything out of him but he did get loose on the way to the start which I wasn't aware of at the time it, it wasn't shown I don't think on any of the cameras and I, I don't know how, how far he ran loose but basically the race was all over from a very mm. early stage he didn't move with any fluency he hit a hurdle early on Look, it is at the back of your mind. Um, that is the one duck that isn't potentially in a row for this guy. But I just the, the impression he's created on those two starts, I'm happy to. I think, but for that, he's a horse that should almost be unbeaten. He was unlucky the only other day he got beat. I think on his overall record, you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. 
Yeah, Mick, you have you been impressed with him, Potter? Yeah, I have been really impressed with him. I thought he jumped really, really well, uh, especially at Fairy House when I saw him that day when he beat Gaiar de Menil. Uh, again, just reiterating what Gary has said about you know the horse. You know he got loose. He galloped into the rail at the bottom of the track as well, Gary. So you know he he, he got himself in a right tease. But that was the first day, first race when there is such a buzz about the place as well. So whether the all of that, I think, just lit him up. It's not going to be as bad on the Thursday. So maybe that'll be a, a benefit to him. But that is the worry in the back of your mind about this horse. You know, will he, will he do the same again? We've seen it happen a few times where horses have been so good in Ireland, come over to the UK and then disappointed. That is the only concern. And I think if he hadn't bombed out, he would be a very, very short price. So I think that's going to be factored in. I think Bambridge is definitely a player in here. Like he's... He's been to Cheltenham twice. He's won twice. He's won a Martin Pipe. He's a very, very good jumper. He stays well. Uh, look, I think if you're looking for the safer bet, you know, Banbridge, and I, you know, he's not quite an each way price in here, but I think if you're looking for one that's solid, he is definitely the solid one. Small bit of concern, Ruby, would you have at the ground with Banbridge? Just two horses I want to ask you about Banbridge, and who obviously ran on very strongly at the end of the two mile race the last day. Leperstown. Um appreciated. Is there any redemption for appreciated? Yeah, it could be. Stepping up and trip might bring about the improvement. Tell me his work is very good. But look, you only have to listen to Gary as to where he thinks this horse could be. And if Gary is right, this lad's gone by. The, uh, let's move on. We're very, we, we won't hold on this, but just obviously Charles Burns seems to be talking about shoot first as if he's as if, uh, uh, a bit of a machine. The pertemps is going to be his one. Shishkin. Now, here we go, Mick. This is, this, this is really interesting, Shishkin. He looked like we were nearly writing him off after after his his return at Sandown, and then all of a sudden he was deeply, deeply, deeply impressive the last day. I mean, can he turn up so quickly twenty six days later and be the same horse if he is? I assume you think the same as I do that he'd win. Yeah, I, I look. You you know you speak to any professionals, Tom, and they all tell you beware of a horse who puts up a great performance on their next run because mm -hmm. you know it can take plenty out of them. The only thing I can say is that the horse has come out of that race very well. And you watch him when he went through the line at, at Ascot. He didn't look like a tired horse. He actually looked like he was quite pleased with himself, if I'm honest. So, uh, look, I think there's so many options now with punting. The only thing that I'd say is, if you are worried about it, you have the option of watching him jump. That start for the Ryanair is right in the middle of the course. So they jump a few in the middle, and then they come into, onto the race course proper almost. I would be an in-running punter with Shishkin. When you watched him the last day when he ran at Ascot, after he jumped three fences, you were in no doubt what was going to happen with Shishkin because he was, he was loving it and he was cantering and he looked like the Shishkin of old. I would be very tempted to do the same again here. Watch him jump across the middle of the track. Watch him turn into the straight. And if he is hard on the bridle and he's enjoying himself, I think you can fill your boots. Yeah, look, look, we know Nicky Henderson isn't the type of trainer who's going to going to try uh, make up for the defeat of Sandown by pushing too hard for Ascot. It was impressive. Ruby, would you have any concern? No. Yeah, I don't. I have any concern. He's the best horse in the race. He's crying out for the trip for a long time. No, I don't have any concern. But... He's banker material. Yeah, I, I think he is, yeah. I, yeah. I'd prefer to be backing him than I would Mighty Potter. One is just odds against, the other is just odds on. Um, yeah, I, I think he is. By far the best horse in the list. Gary?
I think, yeah, I think it just betting on whether he turns up um, anywhere near his best. Tommy, it was great to see him back at Ascot last time. Everything you wanted to see from him that day. Um, I'd struggle to oppose him here. If he did want to back something each way against him, maybe Janet Illy won well at Goran. When he looked as though he wasn't anywhere near fully wound up, there should be a bit more to come from him. And he's been placed in the race before. But if Shishkin's on his A game, um, he's only going to be placed again, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, the the stairs hurdle. I'm assuming Gary, that this is going to be a big day for you. You might have something here. I think the ground is coming right for Tiupu. I was deeply impressed with Gal Moy. Um, I was concerned about about the ground being a bit too quick for him. It looks like it's not going to be that way. I think the race is crying out for a bit of class, something to stamp a bit of authority on it. I think he's one of the ones that could do that. Yeah, without a doubt. And you mentioned the ground for him there. If it is soft on the day, that'd be a big plus for him. He's near the top of my shortlist, and the other one would be Maurice Rock, who has come up the hill, obviously, with great gusto a couple of times at Cheltenham in the past. Never actually run over three miles, Maurice Rock, but she's bred to stay the trip. And the way she's been finishing off those races over two and a half, two five, she looks as though she will. I suppose whether they want to pitch her in on softish ground for her first go at it, that's the question connections will have to ask themselves. But I think they'd be my two against the field. I was very impressed by Blazing Cal at Navin, but he's got an awful lot more on his plate here. And if you believe the reports, he hasn't had the best of preparation mm -hmm. either. And looking at one or two of the others, Florian Porter, earlier on in the season, I was quite positive about him, but obviously he's had a bump or two in the roads along the way as well. And it looks as though he's got more on his plate. Home by the Lee's the solid horse. You'd imagine he'd be there about. He seems to run his race just about every day, but I, I don't think he's quite got the class of a Tihupo or a Rock, uh, Marie's Rock. Yeah, I tend to be in the same in the same boat. I, I won't be surprised. I think uh, the world of time for Joseph O'Brien as a trainer. I think he's a genius. But um, I, I just I just would like to see a little bit more something. I, that's why I'm looking to like to you and Marie's Rock, same as yourself, Gary, for just to bring that extra little bit of class. I worry about Blazing Cal was off so long and ran such a good race the last day. Can he back it up just a month later? Ruby, would you have a concern about Blazing Cal? Probably more of a concern about uh, what Charles said during the week. He had a bad cut yeah. after he's run the buying hurdle. He's missed a bit of work. Uh, that would be the bigger concern for me. I think he's a very good horse, Tommy, but um, he hasn't had an ideal preparation. And I think as long as he keeps running, we will be on to the new course, though, by Thursday. I think you'd want to watch the pretend, yeah. see what the ground is like. If it's soft, yeah, I'd be with Tihupu. Yeah, that is that is vitally important, is to keep it is to, is to keep an eye on how the ground it can change very quickly. It could be it could be a lot quicker come uh, Thursday, which probably be music to Mick Fitz's ears because uh, Marie's Rock will probably go that way if that's the case. Yeah, look, I, I really like her, and you know, like Gary has said already, you know, she you watch her winning when she beat Dashel Drasher. Like Dashel Drasher is a good yardstick. She beat him six lengths and she scampered up the hill. Mm. I think the stairs hurdle is going to suit her, and like I say, I think she's. She stopped her progress because she used to be in a rush to get on with it, very keen. But she's so much more relaxed now. And I think that's the key to her. And I think she's a player, but I'd just be interested to get the lads' take on it. You're looking at, at value bets in here. Paisley Park, I think, is 14 or 16 to 1. Surely he's got a chance of being placed because you know he's going to stay. Ruby? <laughs> what makes it? How fast does Danny go on Florian yeah. Porter? Uh, Paisley Park's a very good horse who is ultra-reliant on a flat-out gallop. And if they don't go flat to the boards, he just gets outpaced. And if you try to ride him handy to make him go and stretch the others, he's not the same horse. And look, he's a brilliant horse on his day, but he just needs too many things to go right for me. And I don't see enough of front-runners in here 
uh, to suit Paisley Park. Even he, even in his youth, he tends to get out to 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 get out pace in the middle of the Yeah, yeah. You look and look. I'm not knocking him. He's he's a, he's a brilliant racehorse. You saw what he did in last year's Cleve Hurdle when he made an absolute tit of me. But he's just he's. I just think he needs too much to go right for himself. Gary Paisley Park. Um, wouldn't be for me, Tommy. Again, as really said, he's been a smashing horse over the years. Um, it would always just be in the back of your mind as well what he did at the start that day. I just, I know it was probably not necessarily something you've seen much from him in the interim as well. But I, Mick mentioned it earlier on. I think in terms of Shishkin, maybe seeing how the race goes early. If you were thinking of backing him, I wait first of all just to make sure it all goes well at the start and then as ruby said if they were going a decent gallop well then to me that obviously brings them much more into it yeah, yeah. let's move on a few races now to 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 the end of the car nearly the the uh the jack de bromhead mayor's novice heard lucia mick you'll know plenty about lucia she looks class act but i was just a bit concerned about her jumping the last day yeah look you, you you've got every right to you know it's taken a lot of practice she does a lot of work in the, you know, in the indoor ride over poles um, to just try and keep her sharp. I think the ground being slow is a big plus for her. I think if it is soft on the on the new course, it'll definitely help her. Because, like I say, if she just does have a weakness, it is her jumping. But I don't think she's got any weakness in the ability department. Yeah. Uh, she's a very, very good mare. And, you know, yeah, uh, look, I think she'll win. But I think this is a tricky race. Like, if you look back, even the, you know, how many times this race has been run, there's been so many hard luck stories in the race a couple of times already that it is a messy race. There seems like there's a lot of runners and, you know, space is very much at a premium. The only thing I would say with Lucia, she'll be ridden forward. So yeah. she'll be trying to find a little hole somewhere. She has a, she has a phenomenal engine. Ruby, uh, Willie Mullins is suffering a bit of a drought in this race. He hasn't won the last two runnings of us. Uh, Willie. Will he get it back? He could. He'll throw plenty of darts at it anyway, Tommy, whether he gets it back or not, time will tell. But look, as Mick described, it is a race that's frantically run, big field, lots of things can go wrong. I like a closer. The horse is going to stay and get a trip well. For me, the value is probably a lot of joy each way. I think she'll be coming from off the pace and running past a lot of horses and she'll get in the money, I think. Yeah, a lot of joy. She, she had plenty of class on the flat too. Gary, is there something here? This is, again, a bit like the mayor's race itself. Um, there, there seems to be, there seems to be potential. If you're going to willing to take on Lucia, it's plenty of value in the race. I think it's a deep race. Yeah, I think it, I don't know whether I, I have a bet in the tummy, but that, if I was, that's the way it go. I don't think I'd go piling into Lucia at six to four thereabouts. Like you, I was a little bit worried about her jumping late on at Exeter last time. Willie Mullins has pulled a few rabbits out of the hat in this race over the years. I remember Concert Heaston nearly won it first time out. The horse that Noel Feely retired on was Eglantine de Soy that was a shock winner as well so there's always a sense for something to come out of the woodwork here that we don't know too much about I'd just like to see the final field on the day before maybe make up my mind but my feeling at this stage I think uh, like you I'd be inclined to maybe take her on Gary you said this is going to be an important punting day for you is there something in the handicaps here that we missed we're not going to be going into detail uh what else have we got oh yeah we'll shoot first who you mentioned earlier on um I think he's got a great chance in the attempts. One of the angles that I think is worth focusing on this year is the Irish horses in the handicap who've already run in Britain and either won or gone very close to winning off their marks over there because they're already in the British system then. Mm. Um, this is one of them 
you know, you're not talking about a horse then who's going over there first time out and has had five, six, seven pounds added on, and you're it's basically guesswork whether they're going to be capable of defying that or not. So he's one horse who's won over there off his British mark already. He got ten pounds for winning that qualifier. Um, look, ten pounds wouldn't have stopped him that day for me, and the fact that they put him on ice since then, I think, tells you all you need to know. Price has been kind of defensive all along. You might get a little bit bigger on the day. And the other one I've, I've really liked, I haven't backed him yet either. I'm hoping he might drift a little on the day. Stumptown in the Kim Muir won at Sandown last time. We heard from Johnny Burke after the race that the idea was get him over there, run and win off his British mark, and then go up enough to get him into the Kim Muir. The plan has worked to treat so far. He jumped brilliantly at Sandown, and he's got a good man on board, Barry O'Neill, I think is going to ride him. So he'd be another big play for me, big hope on the Thursday. I do like Angels Dawn in the same race, but she's not certain to get in, and I don't like her style of running for that race either. You need, she's a hold-up horse, and everything needs to go your way in those circumstances. She thinks a little bit too, I think, does she at the end of her races? Um, possibly, yeah. I think it's kind of been hard to tell. I think the jockey maybe was a little bit overconfident on her when she won it down royal i give her the benefit of the doubt that day there was one one or two occasions of her hurdles you might say that but um i think she's well handicapped that's the bottom line about her if she was mine i think i'd have kept her at home and tried to get her up enough to go for the irish national but look i suppose there's only one Cheltenham, isn't there uh let's move on to friday now and let's say it starts with it starts with a bang the, the, and this is ruby we'll have, to, we'll have to go to you here because willie has strong hands at the top of the market for the uh, JCP Triumph Hurdle, Blood Destiny, Lassie Mouth, Gallimard, oh. Yeah, look, it is, uh, Tommy, and he does dominate the race, and it's hard to know. Lassie Mouth was unlucky at the Dublin Racing Festival, got caught in a pocket, jumping the third last hurdle, Gallimard saw put her in there, and Gallimard saw beat her. Blood Destiny has been really impressive on his two stacks. His form isn't up to Lassie Mouth or Gallimard Souls, but he's left an impression that he could get up to that level, there's no doubt about it. Blood Destiny has been all the rage in the last sort of 10 days and his price has contracted a lot, but he was value at sort of seven to two, three to mm. one. I think that value is gone now, Tommy. Um, and to be honest with you, I'd find it hard to split them. I'd be inclined to back the one that's the longer price on the day because there's very little between these and there's, you're not going to find out until the race is run which one of them is better. Is there something else in Willie's that, Willie's that might even might even be that he is Top to win was a little disappointed maybe at the Dublin Racing Festival. His homework had been better better than that, but maybe with that run under his belt, he could uh, put his put a better foot forward. It was a huge ask, I suppose, straight into grade one first time for Willie. Travels really well to a point, even at the home turn, you thought he might get involved. He just, yeah, he just seemed to stop pretty quickly, so hopefully he'll have improved for for the run fitness wise maybe. He's clear, and 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 this is another one that you know. Well, he he looks like he. he Obviously, Willie knows what he has at home. Um, he's, 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 he's one we'll keep an eye on regardless of what happens next Friday. Um, Mick, this is a, an interesting race. Are you, is the, the last winner of this from UK base was Nicky Henderson's Pentland Hill, I think, four years ago. Is there something that can keep this at home or, or, or are we going to take it? No, I, th I think, you know, Willie looks to have a very strong hand. I'd be just interested to get Ruby's take uh, on it. Right, Ruby, which one are you going to ride? Lossie Mouth or Blood Destiny? Do you know, Mick, when I have never sat on either, I don't know which one would handle slower ground better. I think Lossie Mouth is quicker than Blood Destiny. Um, but if you got tests, or not even testing, but if you got slow ground and a triumph hurdle on the new course with so little jumping in the last seven furlongs and it becomes a stamina, a stamina contest, I think there's ease in the ground. He could outstay her. So, and that, 
Look, I got got it wrong on a few times because you had to pick Wednesday and by Friday the ground to be different. You get up Friday morning thinking, I want to be on the other one and you couldn't swap. <laughs> um, you know, but as a punter, you can. I, I just feel, Tom, with this race that Paul Townend's going to have a huge say in the market because if he chooses Blood Destiny over Lossy Mouth, yeah. I think Blood Destiny is going to get even shorter. And I think that's going to be all telling. And it's like Ruby said, when you're a rider, you've got to choose the one that you think's got the best chance of winning. You know, you're not worried about what price they are. You're worried about which one's got the best chance of winning. And I think if punters will be ducking for cover, I think depending on which way Paul Townend goes in this. I like Blood Destiny. Uh, I was very impressed with him. And when the other horses got to him last time, it was almost like he went again. And I think he is smart. Yeah, they definitely haven't gone to the well with him, sorry. They haven't, they haven't, haven't gone to have to have to, to show how good he can be. His jumper was better the first day than it was the second day, would be my only concern. Gary, any concern? Um, not so much of a concern about his jumping, Tommy. I think he's the one of the two that maybe has more to give. He's only had a couple of runs for Winnie Mullins, and they've obviously been at a lower level than Lossie Mouth. Now, obviously, that means his form isn't as strong. But he does give that impression that he's a, the type of horse that will maybe progress run to run. Lossie Mate, I'm not sure that necessarily we're going to see a huge leap forward from her compared to what she's done up to now. But what she's done up to now has been really good. It's not a race I'd have a particularly strong view on, unless one of them ended up a much bigger price than the other. Maybe that might kind of persuade you to get involved. Yeah, you're going down the Ruby line, whichever one is a bigger price might be the bit, bit of value. Ruby, just for one line and just Zenta. Um, basically knocked down the last two hurdles the last day but engine wise has she the ability to be a player i don't know tommy i never sat in her um i honestly i don't know i can only go on what i saw in, in fairy house as well and she'd have to jump better county hurdles been good to you recently in in into to in recent years with uh to Willie stable is there something there ruby anything of interest maybe coral mustard but i just think with so many horses double enter between the county and the coral it's pretty hard to pick one at this stage yeah albert barton lads that's uh another uh very good race. It's uh, Corbett's Cross has been all the rage, and I say that, but he's still around about nine to two. It's still a decent price for for it's what what makes it an open grade one. Ruby, you've got Embassy Gardens there, who was deeply impressive in Thurless the last day. A big hard brag. Ground might be right for him. This is this is a good race, lads. Yeah, ground is coming for three hard brag. Uh, but I think the race revolves around Corbett's Cross. Embassy Gardens is really good in, in Thurless, but that was a a pretty average contest and he, he he couldn't be he couldn't do what he did um but i, I am I, i'm a carpet cross fan um it'd be interesting to see if he runs or not we won't know till next wednesday but if he runs i'd be completely with him tommy yeah make anton the striker fancy in that race i look i really like carpet's cross i think a horse that can drop down to <clears> two <throat> miles and win a graded race and you know stays i think mm. he's pretty good and it's quite interesting that he's been bought by jp mcmanus as well um the last horse they bought off Paul Bourne was the shunter, and we all saw what he did. So I think it's really interesting. I think, yeah, yeah it's, it shows a touch of class about a horse to be able to drop from three miles to, to a mile seven and a half even and beat a horse around the 50, who is quite quite highly regarded in, by Gordon Elliott. So it was a good performance. I would be half interested. Obviously, three car brag in, in, in ground. Also, Search for Glory is a horse I think we haven't seen the best of, who stays all day and just the type of one that maybe not good enough to win it, but could run to a place. Gary, have you a value angle there? Um, not so much a value angle, Tommy. I think it is a really open race if Corbett's Cross doesn't go. But if he is in the field, it's a game changer. I think um, you'd struggle to pinpoint another horse in the lineup that would have been able to do what he did at Nace. And he's already proven over three miles and he's proven on 
pretty much all sorts of ground as well. So I don't see any weakness in, in his makeup, to be honest. The one worry is, will he run? It was close enough to Cheltenham, that next run, and he's obviously changed hands in the meantime. Um, if he does run, you take that as a big vote of confidence in his mm-hmm. chance. If he comes out, I'd probably look at either Three Car Bragg or Embassy Gardens, maybe. Ruby, give us your, just before you go, give us your, your touch on the, the Gold Cup, Gallop and Deschamps. I think he's a cracking horse, Tommy. Um, I think he's done nothing wrong. Obviously, you have a blue tar. I thought last year after he won the Gold Cup, he was he, he was he was the one, but this year has gone back to front for him. So um it's hard to fancy. Paul Nichols is raving about Brave Man's game and you have to listen to that. But look, Gallop and Deschamp has been rock solid this year. Since his fall actually in the Turners, he's been a much more professional horse. Fairy House, Leopardstown, uh Punchestown. He's been a much more professional horse and I think he'll get the trip and I think he'd be really, really hard to beat. Ruby, thanks for your time. Mick, they with stick with the gold cup, Gallop and Deschamps. Has he impressed you as much as, as, as Ruby is talking about there? Uh, if you watched that race at Leopardstown last time, and you stopped the race a couple of times and say, right, what, what's going to win? You didn't think Gallop and Deschamps was definitely going to win at a couple mm. of stages in that contest. So I think, you know, he's being ridden that way. He doesn't look anywhere near as impressive as he looks when they let him bowl along. Like the when he made his debut over fences, I don't think I've ever seen a horse leave an impression like he did that day. Mm. Like it was unbelievable to watch. And I just think, are we just hanging on to that memory a little bit? Like he was, he was hard through the line last time in a stop-start race at Leopardstown. But I just worry in a Gold Cup like this, where there's going to be a decent-sized field, there's going to be lots of little things that will happen that go through a race that you know, you need to go ride for you. I think if you were to choose one to ride, you would have to ride him. But is it going to be straightforward for him in the race? I'm not sure that it is. And there is doubts about him. I think he's the best horse, but I just feel like we've all seen it before in Gold Cups. Not always the best horse wins. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think I think at seven to four as well, around about that price, you're being asked you're being asked to have a lot of faith in the horse. What could be a deep a deep race? You've got last year's winner, Ruapuntar. Yes, he 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 was clearly disappointed in his only run this season. Um, uh, but the potential remains there that he could. He's been given plenty of time to come back to his best. Brave man's game is a, is a is a King George winner. Uh, Statler looks solid. I'd be I'd be slightly disappointed if he was good enough from what I've seen so far to win to win a to win a Gold Cup. But maybe I'd be wrong. The one I can't understand the price is conflated. This time last year, I would have given him little or no chance in a Gold Cup because I wasn't a believer. I still had the kind of the memory of his um, his antics, maybe, or just the way he raced and, uh, and acted in races in his youth. Um, but I just think he's a m- much more mature horse this year. And maybe if he had run last year, he would have he, he would have had a hand in the Gold Cup. But I just think there was nothing wrong with his run the last day in, in the Sabbath chase. And I can't believe that he keeps drifting. He's out to around about fourteen to one now. Gary, have you have you some have you a fancy for the top of the favourite Gallop in the Champ, or would you be looking down the line to something like Conflated? I would, to be honest, Tommy. I agree hundred percent with you about Conflated. I was going to actually put him up maybe as one to look at. I, I, I'm not sure how I'm going to play it, but maybe without the favourite or without the top two on the day, something like that. I'm definitely going to try and row in with him some way. Um, to me. If you look down through the list, the likes of Statler, Noble Yates, I mean, Conflated's a classier horse than the likes of those in my book. Um, I'd struggle to see them winning those two grade ones, the Savills Chase and the Irish Gold Cup last year, the way he won them. Um, and he does look a much more straightforward horse now. Unlike you, I did actually think he would have run well if yeah. he ran in the Gold Cup last year. He'd never have beaten a blue tar, but I think he might have been second. 
but they opted to go for the Ryanair instead. Probably didn't make much difference in the final reckoning. Um, but I would expect a big run out of him, all right. Sounds like his preparation has gone really well. They missed the Irish Gold Cup deliberately with him this time around. Time will tell whether that was the right thing to do, I suppose. Uh, absolutely nothing against Gallop and Deschamps, but I think he's a hell of a horse. They've been riding him, obviously, with a view on the Gold, Cheltenham Gold Cup this season. Not maximising his exuberance, if you like, trying to just keep the lid on him a bit more. And it seems to be working based on the way the race went last time. He kind of conserved his energy until the finish and then pulled away from Fury Road when he needed to. Um, look, he's got a great chance. There's no question about that. But he is a skinny enough price. Brave Man's game has to have a good shout as well. Like a lot of people, I'd say I came away from Cheltenham last year thinking a Plutard would go back and probably win it again. Maybe might even win three Gold Cups. But it just shows you how hard it is to keep these horses right. It's been an absolute disaster for him this season. Um, it was an abject run at Haydock, and we didn't get to see him at Leopardstown at Christmas. I'd love nothing more than to see him bounce back to the sort of form he showed last year, because if he does, I think he'll win. But it's just so, so hard to have any confidence in him, really, after what's happened. Yeah. Nelindo's a horse, obviously, the former winner, ran well enough in the race last year when runner-up. He was well beaten by Alputar. A high senior me. There's an interesting horse. He's... He still, he still seems to be immature in the way he does things. He seems to do things wrong through a race, and still he has an immense ability. Clearly, when he won the Cotswolds chase the last day, like he's got he's got great ability. I don't know if he can put it together for a Gold Cup, do you? That, look, like we said, we're talking about Gallop and Deschamps, and everything has to go right for him. I think a high senior, like everything and everything, has to go right for a high senior when he gets it right. He is a good horse, there's no doubt about it. He's talented, but like when you ride in a Gold Cup, there is, there's literally fellas in your pocket at every corner. And mm. a high senior is not going to have a freebie. He's not going to have a, a lot of space. And, you know, he has that tendency to go right when he's not quite comfortable. And I, I just, I can see it not working out for him. Like, if he were to win, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world because he is talented. He's a grade yeah. one winner. But I just think too many things have to go right for him. Look, I think the conflated thing is interesting because when Alaho was taken out of the race and at then at that stage there was doubts about Shishkin coming mm. back. He hadn't run at Ascot. And when you think there was never any swaying of Gordon Elliott that Conflator was going to go back to the Ryanair. And when mm. you think that it's Michael O'Leary's race and he ran in the race last year Conflated, it looked like it was going to be a weak Ryanair. There was yeah. no doubt Gordon was going to get his chance to run him in the Gold Cup and you know he'll get his chance this year. And I think he's definitely I, a player at a price. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I actually thought he ran better than I had expected him to, even in the Ryanair last year, because I think things didn't work out for him. And yet to get as close as he did before he fell, I thought was a good sign of the horse. I think he, I think he's a serious animal. And one, I had definitely underestimated. Gary clearly hadn't. He, he, had, he gave him a fancy for the Gold Cup last year. Had he run in that? Um, it's a good race. Like we won't, none of us will be here and be disappointed if Gallop and Sean goes and wins by 20 lengths and he's, he's the next coming of, you know, that's, Perfectly fine. We'll enjoy the fact that we have a great horse. But I think at the price, you know, I think we're all kind of happy enough to overlook him a little bit. We will, we'll, we'll, we won't stay stay with him too much longer. But there are a couple of races I want to quickly look at because the mare's chase—that's an interesting one. Allegory Devasti, her jumping the last day was was—I don't know what it was. I'll be honest about it. In terms of it was just diving out to the right and doing things wrong. And yes, she got the most immense engine. Um, Impervious just seems very straightforward, very classy, much better over fences than she was over hurdles. Jeremy's flame has 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 become a reliable and very smart sort. Magic Days is a decent sort. I mean, it's a good race, but Allegory Devasti is one of those you think. 
probably has an engine of all time and just whether she can put it together. Gary, would you be with her or against her based on her run the last day? Uh, it's a bit of a quandary, Tommy, isn't it? I think you've summed it up pretty well there. Talent-wise, I'd put her at a, a little bit of a higher level than most of her rivals here, but that just puts it down in your mind the way she took chances at her fences last time out. I'd forgive her what happened at the first, um, but it was later on in the race what happened when she flung herself at a couple mm. that you wouldn't want to see her do at Cheltenham and perhaps land in one of the ditches or something like that. Um, but I, I think if she puts it all together on the day and no doubt she'll have been schooled intensively over those white fences down at Willie's in the interim, um, I'd say she'll be too strong. I mean, Impervious is a mare I really like. She's come up with a good jump at the last win, her last two races at Cork and at Punchestown. But the bottom line is, if she hadn't delivered that good jump of the last, she mightn't have won yeah. one or both of them, maybe. So that just gives you an idea that um, she might have to find a little bit more. I wouldn't rule out a good run from the previous winner, Ellie May, either, Tommy. She's had a quiet sort of year. Looks as though she's been brought along to peak for this. But Allegory Devassi looks the one with star quality better. I heard there had been a bit of interest in money for Ellie May, actually, in the last in the last few days. Um, I just thought she was even a little bit below her best when she won it last year now that might be harsh she beat what pink legend last year i think this is a better race but then it's 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 willie mullins and he knows exactly what it takes to win this race and what to get her back to but um impervious it just seems a straightforward type she beat a gelding last time as well in fairness it's, you know she's it, it it was a fair performance uh mick what catches your eye in this one look i, I... If you go, if, like anybody who uh, wants to, and they go on to the At The Races website, they can look at the French races. Go and look at Aligord Avassi running at Otoy and Compiègne, uh, which are left-handed tracks. She's only ever run right-handed in Ireland. Mm. Go and look at her running at Compiègne and see how badly right she went. You know, that's a concern, I think. Um, and that would be a little bit of a worry for me. You know, if you're taking short prices about horses, I think you've got to have a reason to not, back them at a short price and when you watch those races i think there's enough reason there to think "Ooh, maybe not so sure um i did something with venetia williams the other night and her horse in here pink legend was second in the race last year the 40 to one shot um you know you're backing her to be placed but you know venetia says she's in great form and wouldn't be the biggest surprise to see her go and run well like she gave ellie may a real scare last year and like ellie may's i know she's not the price she was last year but Pink Legend, I think, is 40 to 1. So I can see her running run into a place. And she comes here in the back of a, of, a, of a win, which is always a nice thing to see that she's in form. If you think that the last last year's winner and runner-up are 20 to 1 and 40 to 1, respectively, it kind of tells you where uh, yeah. the quality in the race. Let's just look at one race that's become quite important in the festival, even though you wouldn't think for, for a handicap. But the Martin Pipe seems to attract uh gamble after gamble after gamble every year it's it feels like the, the, a lot of the trainers have this race in mind from the very start of the season this is a cracking contest again a lot of the money has been for imagine spanish harlem of willies as well gary you i, I suspect you might have come, come up with something maybe further down the line even they might be of interest to just to send all the punters home happy at the end of the week uh i'm not sure i have to be honest tommy um i'd say there's a fair chance i'll have gone home for the week by the time this is being run <laughs> Cool survivor might be might be worth a look though if he pitches up here. Um, he caught the eye in that Grade One novice hurdle at Leopardstown last time. Never looked like playing a part in the finish, but he did put in some good late work that day. Maybe a slight concern dropping down in distance could be against him. Um, or or I suppose you could say it looked as though he'd prefer maybe to go a little bit further that day. But 
he is a horse who whose name has come up more than twice in the last couple of weeks as one to perhaps have on the radar for this. The problem is, obviously, given Gordon Elliott's association with Martin mm. Pipe and the fact that he always targets horses at this, his runners tend to be priced up defensively. But Cool Survivor is one, I think, who potentially is on a reasonable mark. The best handicap of all the Elliott horses in it is three-card brag, in my opinion, but it looks as though he's going to run in the Albert Bartlett instead. Imagine is obviously an interesting one, tracked a lot of support too, and, and you'd imagine that stepping, uh, no pun intended, you know, stepping up and trip to two and a half miles, even beyond in, in time, will, will suit him. Spanish Harlem is very interesting, Mick. Uh, when, it, when, it, when it became evident that he wasn't going to be making it into the kind of graded level over hurdles at least, uh, Willie ran him again for 15 days after, after his defeat behind Tree Card Bragg in Fairy House which is something that Willie doesn't normally do. Obviously, he had to get the fourth run over her into him so that he could run in a handicap at the festival. And I think people have latched onto that. Maybe that's the reason he's, he's, uh, he's whether, whether you think he's the right or wrong, maybe that's the reason he heads the market at the moment. Yeah, look, and, and as well, the punters are trying to latch on to a, a Willie horse that is unexposed. Like, just think, like, Gallop and the Champ won this rate at 142. State Man won the county hurdle. You know, they were all horses who were novices who went on and ran in graded company literally on their next start. You know, Champagne Classic won this, didn't it, as well? So, look, mm. I think the Irish horses have an advantage. The problem is, might not be the best horse that will get in the race. A horse yeah. that's too well handicapped might miss. And that is the worry. Like, you've got some of those horses who are fancied and they're like number 70 to get in. So, you know, I think there'll be a few people who will be watching the decks on the day I even think of think Spanish Harlem according to according to what I'm looking at at the moment, number thirty-four. Um as we're gonna wrap it up there, but just give us your maybe your best bet and and also maybe an each way value for next for next week. Mick, what's 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 your idea of the best bet for the week? Oh look, I, I like two. Uh Tom, I, I like Edward Stone in the champion chase and I love him pair A pass. I think whatever race he runs in, I wanna be with him. Um and I'm gonna give you the treble then as well. Marie's Rock and the Stairs Hurdle. Gary? Um, I think my best bet, it would probably just be Mighty Potter over Shoot First. They're my two main hopes for the week. I do like Marie's Rock as well, who Fitzy was talking about there. And one who didn't come up, I think another Irish horse that ran very well in Britain last time, did very, very well to get as close to the winners. He did Filey Bay in the county hurdle. I think he'll mm. take a fair bit of beating as well. Yeah, my idea of the best bet of the week is Imperial Pass. I just love that horse. I think I think even if we don't see the best of him next week, we'll see it next in the in the next couple of seasons. He looks a bit of a machine to me. Uh lads, thank you very much for your time. And I hope you, you as well as the people who are watching here today and uh online have a successful 2023 Cheltenham Festival. Thanks also to uh, Ruby Watch who was with us for uh most of the time here. Uh best of luck next week, lads, and thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, Tom. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 